thank you for tuning in to Dumb Kids Playing Hero, a Standing Stones actual play production focused on communal world building and having fun with friends. Today, as always, we'll be playing Idiot Teenagers with a Death Wish, a hack of Blades in the Dark by John Harper in which you play shapeshifters fighting a guerrilla war against a parasitic invasion. Playing with me today, we have August playing Adrian. Hi, I'm August. You can find me on Twitter for now at HarpyDora and Tumblr at uh, Strange Harpy, and my pronouns are they, them. Jade playing Kel. Hello, I'm Jade. You can find me most places on the internet at jadeoxfordrose, and I use they, them pronouns. Richard playing Benny. Hi, I'm Richard. I use he, him pronouns. You can find me in various corners of the internet using either Corvus underscore Azure or Corvus Azure. And Brian playing Dante. Hi, I'm Brian. You can find me on the internet at RoomwearePod. Um, come check out the uh, uh, RoomwearePod.cash where you can probably get some kind of reward, maybe for this podcast. I haven't figured it out yet. Um, <laughs> also, I use he, him pronouns. Goodbye forever now. Uh, and I'm Danielle. I use she or they pronouns, and you can find me uh, pretty much everywhere on the internet at redtailedhawk 90 uh, if you like this show and you would like to wear some cool art of this show uh, on as a sticker or a t-shirt or one of any variety of things, you should check out our dear friend Izzy's merch store on Redbubble. That is Psychic Studios on Redbubble or just search uh, DKPH. Uh, it'll show up pretty easily. Um, see, your art is amazing. You should absolutely go check it out. Um, our lines, which are things we absolutely do not want to see, are racism, sexism, transphobia, homophobia, anti-Semitism, violence against children, sexual assault, domestic violence or intimate partner violence, emotional abuse, self-harm, suffocation, drowning, and claustrophobia. Our veils, which are things we're okay with including but won't leave the camera on, are steamy situations, terminal illness, pandemics, and depression. Content warnings for this game include mind control, descriptions of bodily harm, body horror, substance use slash abuse, including alcohol and stimulants, violence against people who are in the bodies of animals, and people dealing with trauma, often poorly. So, dear listeners, it has been uh, at least three, probably four months since we last recorded. Uh, so... A lot of life happened in that amount of time. We're back, baby. Uh, so let, let's do a bit of a recap. Um, back forever. <laughs> Full time forever. <laughs> Never going to stop recording now. 24 hours a day. <laughs> no. <Huh>. Uh, <laughs> uh, I get exhausted when I have two recordings in a row. I don't... <laughs> No, but it's only just one recording forever. Uh-huh. Yeah, if it doesn't stop, then it doesn't count as having multiple recordings. This, you see. I it suppose just lives on mic. Yeah, yeah. Uh so last time, uh kind of at the let's let's recap the season, because because we've had a bit of time. So at the start of the season, uh y'all were wanted fugitives, uh, and the Yerks had kind of uh, revealed themselves to humanity. Uh, except that when I say they revealed themselves to humanity, I mean they are basically impersonating the Hork-Bajir um, and, and using those host bodies to interface with humanity uh, with the cover story that uh, the Andalites were chasing them and they needed to get away and 
would you please harbor us for a little while while we recuperate or whatever the fuck? And here's some technology. And here's also here's some technology. Um, and also, wouldn't you like to meet with me in this closed meeting room with a few of my closest advisors? Thanks. Um, I'm sure it's fine. Yeah. Uh, and Pay no attention to the jacuzzi in the corner. <laughs> um, and immediately upon coming back from your short stint in Ireland slash at sea, uh, you helped the hork uh kind of get out from a pincer trap that was closing on them. Um, the free hork I mean. Uh, and real rec- realized that the hork army has grown quite a bit since you last saw it. Um, and then you had a visit from a certain... Uh, asshole deity. Uh, Easter Bunny. Call- <laughs> <laughs> uh, called the Elemist, who was basically like, hey, I need you to help me with this thing. Um, and uh, if you do, I will uh, give you a way to get Yerks out of people's heads. Or no, I will give you a way to make people not controllers anymore. Uh, and y'all kind of said yes, because he backed you into the corner like the asshole he is. Um, and you were instantly teleported to the Taxon homeworld, where you met Arbron, who is a Nothlet in the body of a Taxon. Um, and the Living Hive, which is some sort of, uh, uh, fungi hive mind moss hive mind thing that uh, has a symbiotic relationship with the taxons and uh, actually helps to um, mitigate some of the uh, epigenetic hell hunger that they experience. Um, And while you were there, you blew up part of the spaceport that the Yerks had uh, and met the Howlers, which were awful, stole one of the Howlers' ships, um, and also destroyed a mining project that the Yerks had going um, that, one, would have revealed the Mountain Taxon's location, and two, would give the Yerks necessary minerals that they need to continue to do the things that they do. Um, so it was a pretty rousing success on all sides. Um, and immediately upon finishing that mission, the Elemist kind of transported you back without even being able to say goodbye. Uh, and you reappeared in the same instant that you left to the confusion of your companions. Uh, who, uh, shortly became involved in a uh, spirited debate because Quaffigenavon, the asshole Arn, um, had a stroke of inspiration um, and uh, has the necessary um, kind of framework, knowledge, uh, to be able to create a Yerk quantum virus. All of y'all were like, fuck that shit, and if you bring it up again, we're going to throw you overboard. And he was like, 
I was just presenting an option because you wanted one. I, I promise I won't do it. It'll be fine. Because uh, <laughs> uh, he's very afraid of you. Um, um, because he knew that I would definitely throw him, like, without yeah. hesitation, would throw yeah. him overboard. Absolutely. There was no threat. It's not a threat. It's a promise. <laughs> it's still a threat if you would follow through on it. <laughs> uh, yeah, everyone um, was on that boat. Everyone. Uh, uh, okay, yes. So pretty much everyone <laughs> vocalized being on the boat of like, no, we can't possibly do that. Um, there were a couple people who were like, well, maybe we should at least hear out what he has to say. Um, and you did. And in general, the group decided, no, fuck that. Um, also, Adrian confessed his feelings to Alma, and it was really cute. Uh, and I believe at the very end of the last session we had together, uh, you were contacted by Arbron and the other taxons, um, who traveled across the galaxy, uh, to Earth to bring samples of the living hive to Earth in order to help liberate the taxon controllers on Earth from the uh, pretty much all-encompassing slavery of the of the Yerks. Um, this was kind of weird because it had only been a few days for y'all, and it was definitely like two or three months for them. Uh, Heavily implying that we existed simultaneously in two different spots in the universe at the same time. Yeah, it's fine. Don't worry about it. You didn't have any weird dreams or anything. I'm not. Uh, we no, should I'm not concerned about. Uh, not mention a fucking certain little purple bastard lizard who came and did some evil vizier style whispering on our ears about our oh, yeah. fears and all that. Jazz. Oh yeah, we you did. Mention. You did definitely meet the droid, um, uh, who came and was like. Hey y'all. Uh so my master the Krayak wants you to just stop with all of this nonsense happening right now. Uh because the Elemist isn't playing fair. You know it, I know it. Um and if you ever want this whole war situation to just go away and never have been, uh just say my master's name. Uh and uh, it, it, it will be as if it never was. Um, none of you took him up on it then, uh, but he, he was pretty nasty about, uh, just poking and prodding at your soft spots, uh, while he was there. Yeah. Good, good um. remembering that. I almost forgot about the droid somehow. I'm just mad that we weren't able to team up with ourselves. Uh, it would have been, we could have gotten this whole fucking thing solved that there was like twice as many of us. Yeah, no, I, I relish in suffering. I wrote down what the drone said about all mm -hmm. of us and it sits in my notes document. So I can't forget because I hate myself. Jade has it framed. It's like right inside the door as they get home from work every day. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Brian, I told you to disconnect that webcam. <laughs> Makes the Absolutely cats look not. uncomfortable. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, so that's what you missed on Glee. 
Um, right now, as things stand, you are all on the ship. Um, the huge container ship uh, that you bought for an absurd amount of money because you embezzled it from some dude. Uh, rightly so. Um, and you have several of your allies on the ship with you. You have the three Andalites, the Arn, who is, I wouldn't necessarily call him an ally, but he's not an enemy. He's a resource. Um, uh, Gavin, uh, who is the member of the Yerk Peace Movement, who you rescued way back when. Uh, and who you since built a yerk pool for on the ship. Uh, in the process of doing that, you also found out that Alma is actually a robot. Um, a, a very advanced, very old, uh, pacifist android. Um, but they're also on the ship, and you have Gra and Jet and Kala on the ship, uh, I think those are all the major players you have here. Uh, oh, you Hunter also is still on the ship, right? Hunter, yes. Uh, <laughs> he is. Uh, we also have uh, Doctor What's His Ear. Oh yeah, Doctor David. Oh my who God. the? <laughs> Although we've we've offered him we've offered him a way off the ship, but he hasn't accepted or uh, declined it yet. Mm-hmm. Um. Because essentially he doesn't have, the, the yerk in his head doesn't have to leave because he found the secret to oatmeal. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm sure it's, he, he's just been sitting in your, your brig, essentially, the entire time. It's fine. I, I assume he has a room, at least, given how many of them we have. It's just, you know, locked from the outside. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. We've That's done so fair. many war crimes, guy. <laughs> uh. Uh, yeah, so you have all of those on your ship. Um, and we when we left off, you were you gave Arbron and the other taxons um from the hunger pains uh game we did. Uh, the coordinates far out to sea of where to meet you so that they could land on the ship and meet everybody. Um, so, unless you all want to do something in the time while you're traveling there, uh, we can cut to that moment. I got nothing. <laughs> uh, no, nah, I'm good. Nope. I'm good. <laughs> okay. Um. So the you rendezvous with the taxon, uh, these taxon ships. Uh, they have, I think last recording I mentioned two ships. They might have one or two more than that, but not very many. Um, they have somewhere between 10 and 20 taxons with them. Um, one of the ships is the Howler ship that you stole on the Taxon Homeworld. The other one is a transport ship. Um, 
And when you arrive at the coordinates uh, you specified, they're essentially uh, just floating in the water, um, waiting for you. Um, And there's no, like, elegant way to park a ship. So when you get close enough, essentially they lift up out of the water and come and land on a space that you have cleared uh, oh, good. I thought we were going to have deck. to try and figure out how to crane their asses out of the water. <laughs> no, no, that's just not going to that's not going to work. Um, so who all is out on the deck to greet your uh, new guests? Yo, um, I'll be out on the deck, but I'll be in morph so I can thought speak because I don't fucking speak taxon. I can't greet them as a human. <laughs> Okay. So I'll be a doggo out on the deck. Okay. Hell, huh? Yeah, Vinny will be there too for fun. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, so the taxon ships land. I think they, they there is a, a decent amount of of ship Jenga that happened, not Jenga, um, Tetris that happens, uh, of just like landing a ship, disembarking most of the taxons, parking that ship somewhere so that the next ship can land, um, and so on and so forth. But eventually you have this array of 10 to 20 taxons in front of you. Um, one of whom you recognize is Arbron, uh, the legs that he removed in mourning for Elfangor have since regrown. Um, and he looks uh, as healthy as a taxon can. Um, there are a few other taxons present. And in fact, the one who comes forward to kind of speak with you uh, is not Arbron himself, but just the largest fucking taxon you've ever seen in your entire goddamn life. This taxon is enormous. Um, and they come forward, Arbron kind of uh, trails behind them a little bit. Um, and Arbron introduces them to you as Hashek. Um, who is going to be the uh, new queen of the Earth Taxon Hive. Um, And Hashek doesn't speak English or even really Gallard. Uh, So they speak in Taxon. uh, And Arbron kind of translates to thought speak for them. Um... And I think the first thing they say is essentially, um, we thank you for your efforts and your hospitality. Uh, we are grateful for the opportunity to free our brethren here on earth and we look forward to working with you. Or something along those lines. Um, what do? Uh, 
I'll glance at Adrian because uh, obviously I know Arbron, but I did not meet the incredibly large taxon when we were mm-hmm. uh, on the none, none of you have. This, this yeah. taxon is unfamiliar to all of you. Hello, new taxon. Hello, new big taxon. Yeah, Adrian. Adrian's going to to greet um, our new taxon friend and just be like, you know, hey, welcome to Earth. Glad to see you. Um, we're you know really excited that the work we did can be continued here. Um, and you know, tail wagging, looking uh, very happy. Like not that not that the taxons can read dog body uh-huh. language, but he is trying to project the most uh the most cheerful, like unassuming, uh mm-hmm. unassuming aura that he can. Yeah, and I think that definitely comes through in your thought speak. Um uh, and you're introduced to of all of the other taxons. Um you probably don't remember very many, if any, names, <laughs> because they're all extremely sibilant, uh, and kind of samey to your untrained ears. Because taxon language is not built for any of the kind of anatomy that humans have. Um, I'm doing a lot of gestures. I don't know if you can hear them over the <laughs> mic, but uh, <laughs> um, uh, but. So you you meet Hashek and Arbron kind of in, helps introduce you to all these other taxons and um, some of them are totally free taxons have been free essentially their entire lives they're relatively young they were born in the mountain some of them are taxons who were controllers a while ago and somehow escaped and joined the mountain taxons and have since um, kind of grown hardier um because uh, as i've mentioned i think I, I described before the taxons you see on earth are really malnourished um yeah. and like wet paper bags full filled with goo uh the taxons that you're meeting now and the taxons you met uh on the taxon homeworld hardly are- any goo in them <laughs> <laughs> Still filled with goo, but actually have like a proper exoskeleton, um, and and in general, like just a box healthier. made out of goo. Yes. Uh huh. <laughs> um, yeah. It, it, it's instead of being a wet paper bag full of goo, it's like uh, I don't know, a stainless steel box. Um, not very thin, bo- not very thick bore, but you know. Still stainless steel. Um, so, yes, yeah, so some of the ones you meet are have been with the mountain taxons for a while, but were once controllers, and some of the taxons you meet are very recently freed controllers. Um, and you can see in them some of the kind of vestiges of the... Um, they're still growing that exoskeleton, um, and still kind of recovering from their time being so terribly malnourished. Um, but it's it's interesting to see the kind of gradient of biology in front of you represented. Um, and 
I think, you know, you probably talk with them a little bit about how their trip was. Um, the trip was mostly very boring because it's just a lot of time spent in Z space, which is blank nothingness. Uh, and therefore incredibly boring to be in. Um, you show the hive tenders uh, to some temporary like containers where they can set up their hydroponics um, for the living hive that they have brought with them. Um, and uh, eventually... Um, Hashek kind of like the small talk of it and like the, the kind of light logistical talk of like, okay, this is where you can be on the ship for now. Um, do you need more food? And they'll basically tell you no, like the living hive provides for them. Um, and eventually talk turns to two things. One is where can the taxons set up their hive. They want to be relatively close to the Yerk pool. Um, but recognize that they are very not built for things like Boston winters. Um, and two, uh, there's like a lull in the conversation. Um, and Hashek says, uh, When do you think we will be able to infiltrate the Yerk pool? I wasn't aware that was on your agenda. Well, we do need to be able to reach our brethren in the pool in order to get them to revolt. Sure. So we have a slight problem when it comes to getting inside of the pools currently. Hashik gestures for you to go on. <laughs> they can know if you're a controller or not. Uh, I think it's Arbron who says, oh, so they have Gleet biofilters. Yeah, they have geek biofilters. He looks like he's about to correct you, but then doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Brian, been waiting for since September to say this joke. <laughs> Good. There would also be the matter of how to get you folks. In there, all the entrances we know are for human controllers. Even if we had a way, well, there is a way to get past the biofilter, but even if you had that, we would, we'd need a different way in. Uh, 
well, of course we never imagined it would be a simple matter. Uh, and forgive us for not informing you of all of our plans from the beginning. They they kind of side-eye at Arbron a little bit, like, why didn't you tell them all of this shit? I, I thought they knew all this shit! <laughs> um, and, uh, they lay out their their idea and they say we intend to establish a living hive colony on earth um, and keep it going for as long as it takes to free all of the taxons who are under your control on this planet uh, ideally this will assist you in your efforts to rid your planet of the Yerks. Uh, we hope that this will be a mutually beneficial uh, uh, goal. Uh, as part of that, we need to get into the Yerk pool so that we can talk to the other taxons and show them that there is another way. Many of them are voluntary controllers, mostly because it... The alternative is nearly unbearable. Um, but if we offer them another way out with uh, their own people who respect them and want the best for them, then we hope that more than just a handful will defect quickly. And if that is the case, if we can smuggle a good portion of them out of the Yerk pool, that will greatly decrease the number of engineers in your cans, uh, the number of pilots, and the number of trackers, because those are the primary uh, jobs that Yerks give to taxon controllers. Dante raises his hand. Yes. So does Benny. Dante I was first. first. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you all learn to is it like don't take this the wrong way is it physically possible for you uh, to learn like a human language uh, some taxons can learn gallard which has uh, uh, some, like, it doesn't, it is easier than English to uh, pronounce with taxon <laughs> mouthparts. <laughs> there are a lot of syllables in the English language that taxons physically cannot produce. Okay. Um, but there can are you theoretically human, a human, there is theoretically never mind. a human language. You guys can type because you've got just so many little hands. We are excellent typists, yes. Okay, great. Cool. 
We're going to need. I've got a video uh, that you guys need to learn. <laughs> you guys have got to. Uh... Anyways, I'm going to go get my camera. I'll be going to be back. <laughs> Dante leaves. <laughs> Hushit kind of like looks after him and then kind of like clicks their pincers a little bit and turns back to Benny. Uh, Benny, I believe you had a question. We believe you had a question. How are you going to talk to the taxons in the yerk pool without the yerks finding out? A lot of the taxons in the yerk pool are left free to their own devices when not yerked. Uh, they have a, they tend to form a rudimentary hive in the yerk pool uh, that uh, doesn't have yerks in it because the yerks don't want to spend time in taxon bodies if they can afford it. Uh, and so if we can infiltrate the hive and get in quickly and get out quickly within a feeding cycle, then we would be gone before the Yerks were able to pull the memories from their hosts. Oof. Okay. Who all is in this meeting? Sorry. That's okay. Um... I assume, obviously, aside from us, Alma's normally at our meetings. Mm -hmm. August, as the... <laughs> Is Adrian going to be chill if Alma's at this one? Yeah, I mean... <laughs> it's more like I know he likes to keep them like a level of separation mm -hmm. where possible for their safety. Yeah. This was not me implying something about the nature of Alma and Adrian's relationship. <laughs> no, no, I don't think, I think Adrian would not be upset about Alma being there. I think, you know, if Alma wanted to come on the mission, then Adrian would try to talk them out of it. But, mm -hmm. uh, okay. and as far as being in the meeting, like there's no objections there. Mm-hmm. How have the Andalites been behaving since taxons came aboard out of interest? Because that'll probably determine whether any of them are at the meeting. Uh, Solon reacted extremely poorly. Uh, mm -hmm. None of them really knew what was happening until the taxons were already landing on the ship and disembarking. Um, and Solon freaked the fuck out. Uh, and the other Andalites basically... Uh, corralled them and dragged them back to the Andalite quarters to calm the fuck down. <laughs> um, so if okay. any of the Andalites are at this meeting, probably it's uh, like Kaseth, because um, Aximiri is with Solon. Um, and Kaseth seemed to have probably the least amount of issues with the taxons uh, in general, um, there is slightly less bad blood there. <laughs> I feel like the dads are just given carte blanche to be at meetings. <laughs> Absolutely. 
It's just like they're our dads. Duh. <laughs> we need parental supervision. Like, mm, God. <laughs> I think it's also like they, especially if like with planning, they have the most experience. They have more experience than any of us than about mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. the inner workings of the Urgamba. Yeah. So it makes sense for them to be there. Uh, in which case, I think one of them brings up the, uh, I think Gra is the one who brings up that uh, not all of the Yurk pool entrances are deep in the city some of them are reachable from uh little to no populated areas um because that's how the hork have been uh mm -hmm. doing some raids <laughs> tight Yeah, and it would make sense for there to be Yurk pool entrances that taxons can get in and out of. We just need to find one. Would you, I look to Hashek, would you be wanting to go to the Yurk pool? It's just, you're very distinct. Uh, I think they uh, kind of tap their pincers together lightly um, and they say we have a few volunteers who have spoken up about wanting to uh, lead that mission uh, I would not be going we would not be going Dante returns he Welcome has a back, laptop <laughs> uh, a camera on a tripod and then also one of the harness cameras Mm -hmm. He's like, okay, um, when you guys go in, we're going to need you to, w somebody's going to need to wear this. What, what is it? It's a camera. Okay. It's like a record. I don't know. If, it's like a recording device. Okay. I'm speaking, I'm speaking, I'm assuming they can understand English because I'm just saying this out loud. Ar Arbron is translating. So yeah. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, we need to not just lure taxons away from them. We need to, we have to destroy, like, we have to attack them on, like, every level. Like, physically, in the public eye, with subterfuge, without subterfuge, we have to hit them from every angle. What you guys are going to do is, in your own words, you're going to describe... The situation with the taxons in conjunction to how the Yerks are treating y'all. Then we're going to pair that with recorded evidence of them doing so. Um, I don't worry. I've got a distribution platform I'm working on. I'm already talking to some investors. <laughs> uh, I think... I think Heshek starts to speak, um, mm -hmm. and it takes a while for Arbron to, like, catch up. He seems surprised by what they're saying, uh, and then kind of, uh, if a taxon could look chagrined, um, that's how Arbron looks. Um, and eventually he starts repeating what Heshek is saying, uh, 
In our experience, species do not relate well to taxons. Dante's like, no, 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 don't worry. Uh, I got a buddy. Like, I went to, I got a friend who's good at video editing. We're going to put some Arms of the Angel shit underneath this. I got you. Uh, <laughs> the Arbron and Hashek say, like, seem to be talking back between <laughs> one another, um, back and forth. Um, and eventually Arbron says, I do not know what that means. We're going to make you look very sympathetic because you are. We just need to get over the baseline image of, or the baseline idea of people making a snap judgment against you. I can fix that with editing. <laughs> but we just need the, we need you because you are the main pathos here. Mm-hmm. Would it help uh, if we had some humans in there, too? Yes. Don't worry. Dante's got this figured out. He says a guy who definitely understands the emotions of other humans. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Uh, I think Hashek side eyes you, um, but Arbron at least is confident in your technical capabilities. Uh, so they, they just kind of, uh, agree like, yes. Um, if you can get us into the York bowl, We'll do whatever uh, public relations campaign you want. Dope. (laughs) Oh, my job's done here. (laughs) This is what we needed to accomplish, right? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, okay. Okay. (laughs) But we still need to figure out how we're going to get you folks into the yerk pool because the only I mean I've not been able to get my hands on one of those biofilters and try to figure out a way to properly you know trick it the last time we did it it was literally somebody was in a lead box and one of us was yerked that's how we got past it last time um Dante points at the taxons raise like three hands if you are familiar with how the the biofilters work they raise their hands <laughs> okay <laughs> are they susceptible to emp electromagnetic pulses i thought the idea was it was going to be like they didn't want the yurks to know they were there they the yurks won't know that they're there Dante says with a big, uh, scary smile on his face. Oh I hate when you smile like that. It always <laughs> involves something breaking. Or exploding. <laughs> or both. We're a smoke. They need to get into the pool. We don't need to get into the pool. We're a known factor. They're an unknown factor. We set off some sort of, like, large-scale distraction that involves a massive EMP burst. It takes their sensors offline. They think it's us. They sneak in underneath the the chaos. It's a good plan, and you know it, and that's why you're all quiet right now. (laughs) 
you cannot use that response every argument. <laughs> Sometimes I can if I say something so ridiculous it shocks everyone to silence every time. Uh-huh. Not everyone thinks as fast as you do. <laughs> Beats the hell out of having to become a yerk. No offense, Benny. Then taken. Sure. I, th- I throw a pencil at Adrian. Adrian tries to dodge, but it still, like, pegs him in the forehead. <laughs> and frankly, it doesn't have to be all of us causing the distraction. I just... We don't have a great track record with using distractions. Is all. Sorry to be the person to bring it up. (laughs) This is Brian talking. It's only gone wrong a couple of times. There's that time I got shot. Uh, (laughs) Time Ariel died. Yeah, that's only two. But we've done uh, some other distractions. They went good. I'm just saying we probably have more in the wind column. Okay, but leaving that aside, what about tunneling into the yerk pool? Like, taxons, you're good diggers, right? We are exceptional diggers. How stealthy is the digging? Uh, depends on who's listening. I mean, they're not expecting it, so I don't even know why they would be listening. Uh, also, the- like... There's, if we could um, follow like the lines of the um, the underground, that it is called that in Boston, right? There is still like, they do have an underground. You mean a I'm subway? Making, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they've got, they've got subways in Boston. Uh, all I could think of was the trams and the above, the above mm-hmm. ground stuff. I've not. I think, I think they have a, like, I think they have a combination of both or yes. maybe that's Chicago. Yeah. I know no, they have a, a like above ground. Yeah, they have a they Chicago, have a combination yeah. of both. I've been I've actually mm. ridden a bunch of it uh, when I've been to Boston a couple of times. It's pretty it's pretty mm. neat. I like it a lot. Mm. I only went to but, downtown Boston for like twenty mm. minutes when I was in Boston. But why not? If noise is the problem, try and follow the lines of the the subway as much as possible. That could be a way to to tunnel in without like getting noticed. Where is okay? We do have a decent record as a is a pipeline. We make our own. I think Dante says we need to figure out what pool we're going for, and then I then we can explore all of these various options. Because if we're going to go for a pool that's near subway line, it's going to be one in the middle of downtown. 
How fast can you dig? Uh, they and Arbron uh, go back and forth for a hot minute doing fucking math conversions. Uh, and um, I think at one point Arbron uh, asks Alma because Alma has also... Um, <laughs> stepped forward to do this kind of math before and so he just is like oh yes that person who is very good with the with the weird conversions between like andalite units and earth units um and eventually they say um it would probably take us four to six hours to dig two miles Holy shit, that's fast. That's really fucking fast. That's really fucking fast. They're not even remotely too... Like, these things aren't even remotely that deep underground either. Now, is that all-out digging or is that stealthy digging? I would imagine that's all-out. That's all-out digging, yeah. Okay. We need to find a way or provide a way to collapse the tunnels behind you when you're on your way out. I can make that thing again. Maybe less powerful. Don't want to accidentally like relocate part of the uh, the Boston on the ground. Okay, so we gotta find somewhere for the taxons to set up their different hive. Z- plural. You're right, you're right. Um, somewhere where digging is tenable and it's not gonna be too cold. Because we're in like, aren't we at like backgrounds like November? Mm-hmm. Well, the, the thing is, once you get far enough underground, the, the ground temperature is typically going to be pretty stable. And it's not even that far underground. Because geothermal is pretty popular in this area. We just need to find a good place where they won't be disturbed. Oh, wow. (laughs) Apparently, geothermal heat pumps are only, like, four feet under the ground. Damn. (laughs) Okay, never mind. A geothermal well uh, is typically 150 to 400 feet deep, depending. We should still, like, go pull out all maps of Boston and the surrounding area. (laughs) Because, obviously, we had... we've, We've definitely got... A bunch of maps because we had to help the uh, the free hawk bajir relocate. Mm-hmm. Also, quick s- side note: Does it need to be in the ground? The hive. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Preferably. Can't hydroponic <laughs> this thing. Uh, we can. They have been for months. Um, it's just uncomfortable. I mean. Uh, 
fair. I'm not talking about like keeping them in their one little boat or like their one little ship. Mm-hmm. But it would be perf- like preferential. I mean, I I think what they say is, um, while the living hive does afford us a great great more deal of control over our uh, natural proclivities. It is not foolproof. And having a considerable number of vulnerable bodies around is perhaps not the wisest. Oh yeah, I was thinking about putting them on another boat. We could make do if necessary. Because a hive that can move around, pretty useful. How much did this boat cost, Benny? Wasn't it a couple million? Yes, it was was so much money. It was 2.7 million, yeah. Okay. That was the cheaper option. Yes. No, it was the more expensive option, but Benny tricked oh, me into spending more one money. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there's always the national park, too. So what would be your ideal environment to set up a hive? Uh, Underground or in a mountain with relatively loamy soil uh, and uh, protection from the elements. The living hive will make the, uh, the tunnels themselves warm. Um, but we do need to leave the hive on occasion. Uh, so it not being bitterly cold is great, but that is not an option, uh, as far as we can tell right now. Yeah, we would have to move you to literally an entire different place on the Earth. Mm-hmm. You guys wear sweaters or whatever? Uh, we get knitting. So many arms <laughs> required. They've got so many hands, though. We're exothermic. <laughs> we don't produce our own body heat, and therefore a sweater does not actually help. Mmm... Would look pretty cool though. So we just need a bunch of hot hands. <laughs> so as far as setting you up on Earth, I think the ideal would be to set up colonies well away from here, closer to your ideal environment, 
and then set up a, I don't know, strike base near Boston where comfort and amenities are not such a high priority. The Living Hive can facilitate very fast travel between locations, so that does sound ideal. It would take a while to set up, but would be worth it, in our opinion. Yeah, we've just got to have some place close enough where it's viable for new recruits to be able to hide out and recuperate for a little bit before leaving the danger zone. Mm -hmm. Okay. Well, are we finding a hive place first or are we infiltrating this pool first? We've got to have a hive place first, right? Because we've got to have access to food for this whole thing to work. Okay. Yeah, and if enough. we do have and if we do have ones to get free, we have to have somewhere for them to go. 